You are listening to Real Men Feel with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but all men can benefit from. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. I am very glad that you're joining us today. You know, whether you're a man who, who openly feels everything that comes his way, or you kind of avoid and you deny and you want to stuff those emotions, you're welcome here. Um, and any, anywhere in between those, those places you may be. Because whether you really acknowledge how you're feeling or you try to deny how you're feeling, you feel. Right? All men feel. Uh, the, the show is called Real Men Feel, but you know, all men feel. Um, could be a, a less snazzy title easily, or just men feel, right? So if you identify as a man and you want to feel or you want to understand your feelings more, this is a place for you. And I'm really excited for my guest today. We chatted a couple times briefly and we have a lot in common. We're kind of, you know, we're, we're members in a, in a club I think neither of us wish we were part of, but, it, but it, it leads to better things in our lives and, and we'll dive into that. But my guest today is a healer, light worker, and life coach, Jeffrey Saunders. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me on today. Awesome. Glad to talk to you. Um, we, we connected not long ago, but you're one of those guys that I talked to you once and I feel like I've known you for a long time. Yes, most definitely. It's amazing when we start evolving in our life and we've grown to this beautiful place, how we start connecting with like-minded people with the energies of who we are. Right. And most definitely, I felt as soon as I seen you on that one podcast with uh, Jeffrey uh, Berger, I was like, oh my God. I need to talk with this guy because we're, I felt a connection. It's just instant, right? Yeah. Cool. So, so again, you, you talked about, you introduced you as, as a healer and a light worker. And I wonder if you would start off by kind of explaining like what those mean to you. Like, do you, do you mean, are you a doctor or what does a light worker actually mean? You know, could you go into that a little bit? Yeah, most definitely. Um, a healer, we can look at a healer um, in any, in any uh, form, a doctor, a nurse, um, you know, a psychologist, psychiatrist, you know, there's many forms of healers, uh, for myself, which we'll get into as we get into my story a bit. Uh, I'm a healer in a spiritual aspect because of dying and coming back to my body two years ago from a suicide attempt. My last one that I, that I, that I tried, um, I think I've grown into the abilities of the connection that I still have to where we all come from of uh, a very high level of love and light that I'm able to heal people through light that comes through my body out of my hands and it connects with people. I'm able to heal them that way, emotionally, physically, uh, mentally. And this, it doesn't have to be done in person. I can actually do it just from sitting in my room, connecting to anyone in the world. Uh, so that is the healing aspect as well as I've been, I've been shown and taught how to also remove uh, bad karma that's attached to us. That uh, it, it stops us from living more of a successful life of negative energies that are attached to our energy. So I've been shown, um, and this is how my transformation of my life, why I'm so successful in my life, is because of the high being spirits that showed me, got me to go through this process. And now I can give back to people with the exact same process um, that transformed and changed my life. Uh, Lightworker. Light worker for me, a light worker, and I've known a lot of light work. I've got to know a lot of light workers now, and the common thread so far 
is that light workers typically have a dark past. They went through some serious crap. Uh, they, they've, they've had to overcome it, and now they're giving back to the world. Because what we want to do as a light worker, and this is my interpretation, is I remove darkness from people's lives and I bring in the light. So the same as yourself with you know with who you are, it's like you want you're doing you're giving back to people through the success of your own life, um, and that's what I for me that's what a light worker means for me. Cool, I appreciate that, and and you know I I use terms like that. Some guests you and I always just kind of every now and then take a step back and just if this is just a brand new light workers brand new to someone or just like, you know, what does all this woo woo mean? And, and, yeah. and of course every definition is, is yours. I'm, I'm not asking, yes. you know, what's the dictionary definition of anything. Yeah. But, um, so have, have you always been, um, a spiritual man? No, not at all. Are you kidding me? Definitely. Most not. Uh, that didn't actually start until I, uh, I had addictions for about 25 years of my life. Actually, no, that's a lie. I, when I look back at my life, I see addictions as early as about seven years old with video games. Mm. You know, that was the first one. Addictions come in many, many forms. Uh, it's more so when it becomes unhealthy in our life because it takes, it takes us away from feeling our feelings and emotions um, to escape from it. So video games for me was the first one. And then, uh, you know, I led on to stealing when I was younger. Um, in my early years, and it was never just, it was more just the rush, and again, escaping what I was going through at home and at school, that it gave me this place of not being able to feel or think about it, and then it led on to drugs for about 25 years after that, but it was, I became spiritual when I put myself into treatment uh, nine years ago now, and uh, it was finally when I did that 12-step program. And I always tell people, and it's funny because when I, when I grew into the spiritual aspect of uh, connecting to our true self who's inside of our bodies, uh, after completing that 12-step program, I, I, I said, I'm like, even if you're not an addict, everyone can benefit from this 12-step program. You do not need to be an addict. Why? It's because you get out those secrets that you've been holding on to all of your life. The things you've done to other people are the things that people have done to you. That is the biggest thing. Uh, that was a relief. And what I can share with people out of that one step out of the 12 step program, you know, I went to a priest and I had a whole list done up because I knew when I was doing this 12 step program, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be hundred percent honest to get everything out. And I had this big list, probably like, like two pages, all these things written down in points of all the things I've done or what people have done to me where they were secrets. Uh, and these secrets are negative attachments as well. That's a part of us that are keeping us from having great success in our life. So when I went to see the priest, you know, after about 10 of them, he's like, okay, okay. He's like, you know, that's good now. I said, no, I'm reading all of them off. He's like, no, he's like, fine, read them off. His point to it, which is very powerful, is he said, do you do any of those things now? And I said, well, no. And he said, this is life. These are lessons. No matter what you've been through or what you've done or what, you know, I can talk about what other people have done. Uh, but it's more so what you have done that I released is he said, these are mistakes. He's like, no matter the level of what you've done, as long as you learn from them, that is your soul's evolution of learning and growing. Right. And that's how we can forgive ourselves. As soon as he said that and leaving there, I felt the weight taken off my shoulders, but it was, uh, it was when I was 32, I'll be 42 next month or in February. 
that was the beginning phase of my spiritual awakening. And then, you know, I, I have way more ever since then, but that was when I first started. Mm. Uh, that's a long answer to a short question. It's what you asked. <laughs> but yeah. And, and really in the intro, you threw out that, you know, you've died to come back and have had multiple suicide yeah. attempts. So let, let's start digging into that. And that was part of the, uh, the suicide attempt survivor is the, the, the club I mentioned that we are both members yes. of, but I don't think yeah. anyone grows up says, well, I can't wait to join that group of people. And, uh, no, well, and, and you know, I would, <laughs> I would never have shared this stuff either. It's when we truly, um, when we really do the work and heal on the inside, then when we're fully healed, then we can share. We don't mind sharing about it because we've been completely healed from it. And then that's when we start to share, or at least that's how I, that's how I feel about myself and a few others that I know. Uh, so I'll share a little bit about my first attempt. I was 12 years old. And, you know, we've all had certain hardships in our life and things that we've been through. For, for me in my life, you know, I, I didn't, they didn't know in school I had ADHD you know, back 35 years ago. Uh, so in grade one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, my desk was always separated from the class. Uh, I've shared this lots before. In grade two, even, my desk, the teacher put my desk in the back corner of the classroom, put three bookshelves around me. So you can imagine a child who is so young going through this feeling like uh, they're not, there's no worth to them. They're not like the other children you know, uh, pushed away and then being bullied on top of it every year at school. You know, I really had no confidence in myself. I had no self-love. That's, you know, most of my life until recently. Uh, so, you know, I went through that phase. So as a child, at such a young age and all those years going to school, um, feeling like I was no good or no part of anything. That is part of the reason why, you know, it led up to my first suicide attempt at 12 and then I don't want to get in it. Too, I don't want to get into it too much because uh, just out of respect, because my dad's not the same as he used to be, and you know he's had to learn and evolve himself throughout life. But as a child going through home, I did not have any love for my father. Uh, he was not an emotional man, and uh, there was abuse, more verbal, um, more verbal emotional abuse at home. So going through school, going home to that. You know, I, I ended up, I tied a, and I, I want, before I share about the suicide attempts, I do want to apologize for people or uh, say I'm sorry for people who have lost people from suicide attempts because uh, I am very blessed and lucky to be here. And it's not that I'm any better than anyone else when I share about my life and my story, but um, I am sorry for people who have lost people from suicide. So, but the first time I was 12 years old and I tied a, a belt real tight around my neck trying to just to stop breathing. And for what I can't remember, but uh, it didn't fall through. I had a massive mark going around my neck and then I had to try to explain to my parents and it's something I don't recall what I said. I don't know what I could have said. But that was the first attempt for me. Uh, and then as my teenage years went on, you know, trying drugs, getting into drugs was the first time in my life when I was 15, the first time in my life, not feeling the pain and suffering that I've carried throughout such young years in my life. It, it, trying marijuana was the first thing that I was like, wow, I don't feel anything. anymore." You know, the pain and suffering that I'm feeling inside day after day, I don't feel it. So I became very addictive or addicted to whatever drugs all from the age of 15, you know, until I put myself in the treatment 
at 32. But during that time, you know, I tried committing suicide 12 times in my life. Um, most of them, you know, another time I was 23 cutting my wrists. And again, it was from uh, just not wanting to feel the pain anymore, the suffering. And a lot of people will judge other people who try to commit suicide because they haven't lived in that person's shoes to understand the depths of feeling emotional pain that you can't see on the inside to want to end your life. And for me, it always took a while of feeling this pain and suffering where I could not take it no more. But that was the second time. And then there's a few more times uh, towards the end of my 30s before I put myself in treatment where I tried multiple times uh, gassing myself and all, just cutting myself and overdosing on pills, uh, trying to end my life. And uh, the one time that really, that really hits me in the heart that hurts a lot still, uh, even till today, is the one time I tried to uh, overdose on, on uh, Valiums. I took 80 of them. And my mom came home and found me on the floor laying in, in uh, pee and barely not breathing. That part still hurts me because, you know, uh, typically when I tried to end my life before, I was always cautious of like, well, I don't want to make a mess. I'll put my arm in the tub. You know, I, I was still being very caring because of who I was, you know, not to leave a mess for people because I didn't, you know, because I still cared about when they found me or whatever the case may be. Um, but it's the pain and suffering. Uh, and I've shared this before with other people is for people who don't understand and you see someone in physical pain, you know, it's a family member in the hospital. They just lost a, a leg from some horrible accident. You can physically see the pain and suffering they're going through. And it might, or even, you know, God forbid someone with a burn victim or whatever, uh, you see the pain and suffering and they do not want to live no more. When we go, when someone tries to commit suicide, or I can only speak for myself, when you get to that point, it's pain and suffering that you can't see. And they say nowadays, they're saying emotional abuse is worse than physical abuse. So now some awareness is coming around pain and suffering from within that people can't see. So, uh, so yeah, you know, when it comes to people trying to understand, you know, look at it in a different aspect when you see physical pain and someone wanting to end their life, you know, someone's been going through to end their life emotionally that you can't see. And it's been going on a long time, you know, to have some compassion for people, you know, who have committed suicide. But uh, so that was pretty much the stand. And then I guess the last one was two years ago and it was the first time in nine years. Um, I, I actually got put on good medications when I was about 32 years old to stop uh, to stop the, the anxiety I went through in my life and the depression. It worked for me immediately. I was very lucky that they worked. And then, but the root cause was never uh, fixed because we're masking, and the, you know that uh, it was. I wasn't taking my medication. I was doing shift work at work. It was throwing me off, I, and then a lot of things came down on me. But that's when I, that was the last time I tried to commit suicide. And I ended up overdosing like I intended, intended to. And, but I was dead for, I was told four minutes by um, someone that I know who is very good with his connection uh, to the other side, mediumship or uh, channeling, whatever you want to say. And he said, yes, you were dead for four minutes. When I came back from that time, uh, when I came back to my body, I remember coming back to my body. And uh, I could physically see spirits around me. 
they're animals, all different, whatever spirits that lived here at some point, they wander around us all the time. And, but that was the last time and it changed my life because then I was opened up to this whole new world that I'm connected to at all, at, at all times when I feel a relaxed state and I get myself to a relaxed state. Um, that was the huge opening for the, the spiritual aspect as well in my life that I've grown from ever since. I have a lot. Yeah, no, there's a lot there. And I want to try to just uh, slow it down a little bit and, and, uh, yeah. and unpack some of that. So I, I just want to share something that when, whenever I meet someone and they're like, I can't understand why someone would try to kill themselves or why did that person die? And I would yeah. say, great, don't, don't waste energy trying to understand it. Like yes. you, you have to live it to understand being at that place of, of such a degree of hopelessness and helplessness. And yeah. it's not necessarily wanting to die. It, it's, as you said, it's wanting this pain to stop. Yes. Right? I just want everything to stop. I don't know what else I can do. I just want everything to stop. And, yeah. and if you haven't experienced that, then don't try to. Like, yeah. be glad. You know, you're blessed. It hasn't crossed your mind. It's not something that, that you've ever been obsessed with. Great. Go, go live your life. Don't understand why someone's gone and, and just do your best to deal with it. Don't, don't yeah. try to, like, you, you don't no. want to emotionally be in those shoes. If you, don't, if you don't feel that way, don't force yourself to. No. Right. No, most definitely. Yeah. Cool. So you had multiple attempts from, from a really young age. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that marijuana helped you not feel, have, kind of hide that pain. So was your experience with drugs kind of like each drug would only work a while and you'd feel bad and you would try something else and kept self-medicating? Is, was that what was happening? It was most definitely, you know, it's funny. It's funny. It's not funny. But looking back, you know, it was like I, I didn't realize I was an addict until I tried to stop completely and put myself in treatment. Because I never wanted to stop. So I didn't have a problem, right? So we think there's no problem. But uh, most definitely, it was just like, let me try this drug. Let me try that one. See how that feels. See how that feels. It was definitely self-medicating all throughout my life. Definitely. So it's almost like, no, th this, I'm not an addict. These drugs are helping me keep stay alive. So there's nothing yeah. wrong here. That kind of a, yeah. 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 And then I was just partying because I didn't want to think and feel. It was always about... I didn't realize it then. Now I do looking back, but it was always about not wanting to feel the pain and suffering and emotions that were stored inside of myself. So with the benefit of hindsight, are you now aware of what you didn't want to feel as a child? Yes, most definitely. Not feeling wanted, not feeling loved, not uh, never having any self, like the self-worth I never had. You know, it was mainly just never feeling wanted is what it came down to. Not feeling loved, not feeling wanted and definitely not feeling loved. Or did I say that twice? Not feeling wanted and not well, feeling it's, loved. It's, it's doubly important. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> that was doubly important. Yeah. But uh, looking back, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely the biggest things I think. Looking back, yeah. So I, I've heard the term inner child. And when we talked in the past, you talked about it, it was this inner child wound. And you talked about your dad you know, being emotionally absent at least, right? Yes. And, and, you know, that often called the father wound that, that leaves in, in boys. Um, yeah. And like in my experience, it, it, that, that hole makes us think that we're not lovable. And mm -hmm. if, if we can't love ourselves 
we can't really love anyone else and we can't receive the love from others. Is, is that your experience? That, yes. Yeah, most definitely. Completely on point. Yeah. All right. So. During all the years of, of attempts and self-medication, was, was anything beneficial? Or you, you did mention that you finally got on prescription drugs that you did feel a benefit from. After, after, my, after the treatment and stuff I went through, then I got on medication. That okay. so, for- so, so you, got, you got clean and sober, and then so prescription drugs helped. It was a, something yeah, it was, yeah, it was right around that time. But I mean, still, being an addict at that point, when you're an addict, slip-ups are part of the process. And I slipped up for years, even after, but it wasn't every day me doing it. And every time when I make mistakes in life, I look at, okay, well, where did I go wrong this time? And I never, ever gave up. I always kept trying to be better. And it took a long time. You know, it took almost 10 years now for where, for where I'm at. It took a lot of mess ups of learning and growing to be fully healed and transformed like I am today. Right. And it, I always tell people, and I, you know, I ask when I work with spirit, I, I'm like, how can I tell people never to give up? How, how can I do that and mean it? Because if I try to end my life several times, uh, how, who am I to be telling people not to give up when I try to give up? And they, what they had told me is that you did not have the tools and knowledge to know more than you did at those times. Because if you did, I just got goosebumps all over. Anytime I speak truth, I get, I had the total goosebumps. Uh, when we go through things in the past, you know, I would have done different things differently like I can today because I've learned uh, the two, I've been given the tools and knowledge from all of those experiences to grow into who I am today where now I don't have those issues because I, now I have the tools and knowledge to know how to handle them, right? And then that's how I'm able to uh, help people to tell them never to give up because like I said, I, I, uh, I always try to learn out of all of those slip-ups, what I did wrong, start eliminating friends that were good friends, start eliminating, they always say people, places, things. You don't want to give them up right away because you want to try and see if you can do things your way, mm-hmm. right? But uh, so, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I was, um, w- when it comes to m- the multiple attempts that I made, I was just like, well, I, I was just a real slow learner when it came to that. And it took yeah. multiple tries to like, all right, maybe there is a better way. Maybe there is some, some better way to navigate life than just trying to end it. Cause I'm obviously, yeah. I'm not, I was, I'm not good at ending it and I don't feel like I'd be good at living it either. So yes. I had to like find something else to do. And yeah. And it's learning. See, it, the yeah. big thing is learning from, um, we only know what we know and look, look where it got us. Right. So to still try to manage your own life, your own way, you know, you start realizing, no, I should listen to that person. I should read that book. I should watch that video. I should go see a therapist, which I still see today. I think everyone should. <laughs> Even my therapist has a therapist. Uh, but, you know, you start learning tools from different areas and you start applying them to your life. Because like I said, we all, what we knew, look where it got us, right? Yeah. 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 My, my book's still here, How to Succeed at Life After Failing at Suicide. It, it's like everything I wish I knew at 17 and just had no idea was there. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we can only do with best that we can. And, yeah. you know, earlier you mentioned, you know, you kept messing up and that you kept learning and growing. And I just want to invite everyone, just throw away messing up. Just like, no, we, we all keep learning and growing. Yes. And, and even if we keep learning the same thing, or it seems like the same thing over and over, it's, there's always different levels and, and deeper aspects of it. 
So, you know, we're not, I don't, I don't find that any of us are truly ever repeating the same lesson. It's, it's yeah. different aspects, different viewpoints, again, allowing yeah. it to go deeper. Because if you're not learning, if you're not learning the one way and you, because we need to evolve from that situation, your soul came here to evolve from the experiences. So if you're not, if you're not growing from the one way where you're messing up, then things will be slightly changed to, to alter it in some way, but it will be the same ex, for the same lesson, but it, the perspectives will change on how you need to approach it so that we can actually evolve from them. Right. 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 So to to get back to kind of the the notion of of healing that inner child yeah. is it is it only how do i say this that does everybody have an inner child or is it only people that somehow through through abuse and trauma had it like with an injured inner child uh well that would be a good thing to ask a psychologist <laughs> <laughs> but if you're asking for my opinion yeah you're uh, you're who's here i'm asking you yeah, <laughs> i know i know that's yeah cuz that 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 can yeah, that could go a few ways, but my perspective on the inner child, uh, looking at it, I th when I the term when it comes to me, that term when it comes to me, the inner child, you know, it's all it's for me. I think it is if a child. I mean, I, I think a lot of children go through tra trauma in some form on some level. You know, it's when we don't heal as we're growing from a child into the teenage, into our teenage years, and then even from our teenage years growing, if there are certain things that haven't been healed that harmed us or hurt us in some way emotionally um, as children, to me, that term inner child uh, is where it kind of comes into play, you know, to be, but that's to be healed. I mean, they, we still, I still believe we have that inner child because I have the connection with myself today where there's a lot of joy, happiness, and playfulness. So I'm still connected, actually, to that inner child who, um, who is, has been healed, though, at the same time. So the inner child, I think, actually never leaves us, whether we're healed or we're not healed, right? Either we can live life with joy, abundance of uh, happiness, and, you know, living a good life and being playful. You know, that's our inner child, uh, you know, how it resonates with me, I guess. Cool. Yeah, it's funny. I knew I wanted to ask you, but I don't recall ever answering this myself, even in my own thoughts. But, you know, yeah. hearing you speak and kind of what resonates with me is that, you know, our inner child is that most open and authentic and playful aspect yeah, yeah. that, again, it, it's always there. It's not only only someone that's been through trauma that has this, yeah. but someone that's been through trauma might shove that inner child down into the end of their big toe and just for them and they're not in touch yes. with it. Or yes. they might perceive that, you know, my inner child is, is just depression and weeping and thinking yeah. that life sucks. And yeah. no, that's, that's, that's the hurt. That's the pain. Yes. But there still In is this joyful being within us somewhere yes. that we can reach. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's and a I've good actually, question. And I've, I have never heard inner child from, from therapists or psychologists. It's always been more from light workers and, and, just more alternative therapies. But so is yeah. inner child come from more of the, uh, the medical um, vision as well? Uh, well, that's where I think I kind of hear it from, or that's okay. where I kind of learned it from. So that's why at first when I heard it, it to, to me it resonated right away where um, a psychologist or something from hurt and pain. But the truth is, is when we just talked about it, no, the inner child is that playful being open, 
uh, authentic being yeah. who is it's, just here to, you know, yeah. yeah it's, almost, it's like the aspect of us before anything happened, yeah. right? Just yeah. the, the, the perfection of, of yes. the soul or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Our, our yeah. brightest light or yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it, all, of, yeah all of it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, all right. So when did you consciously become aware that you had some sort of inner child experience within you and there was this, you know, this kind of wellspring of joy that actually was part of you that maybe you weren't feeling or acknowledging? Well, uh, the, the happiness and joy didn't come right away. But, uh, you know, something I've never shared about in the podcast I've done with uh, other, other friends as well, uh, I never really noticed it until when I look back again. I started using steroids uh, when I was 23. And you know, most of my life uh, where I didn't feel wanted or not a part of, you know, I had all those issues. Uh, well, actually, when I was 19, I gained 190 pounds in a year and a half from overeating. I went from 200 pounds. A year and a half later, I went to uh, 290, all within just eating food. And that was another addiction in my life as well. Uh, but I lost the weight right away. And... Uh, when that happened, I had a lot. I had a lot of loose skin on my stomach, so I'm like, "Oh, I hated my body." Although I always had body issues from fat jokes and things put down towards my mother growing up, I always felt I was fat regardless. Anyways, and I'm six foot six, so 200 pounds is not a lot <laughs> for being uh, the height that I am. But when I first did my first cycle of steroids, there's a massive guy at the gym. He was like 360 pounds. He was curling 100 pound dumbbells. He was just huge. And he's like, hey, I have something for you that you can use. So anyways, I, I did my first cycle. And when I did that, it leaned me out. And I put on a little bit, like I put on some good uh, toning size of my body. I was like, huh, now, now people are looking at me differently. Now I look like this professional athlete of some sort. Um, I have girls' attentions, <laughs> attention. Um, and then it's like people at the bars started treating me differently when I was going out. So I started getting all this attention I was never used to before. So as soon as that first cycle ended around three, four months, I was like, oh, I'm not really that happy yet. So then he's like, well, why don't you try this, that, and that? I'm like, sure, why not? Everybody, I'm loving my life right now. Might as well keep it going. And, you know, for I stayed on it until actually this past April, um, it was just testosterone because I was on it for so long that my body, my natural levels dropped. Obviously, aren't thrown back. Well, they are today for my healing something. But I always felt, and the biggest size I was at, I was 290 pounds, lean, 22-inch uh, arms. I used to have to cut my shirts to get my arms through because I was so addicted to, uh, to, to the attention that I got. And uh, everyone wanted to be my friend. All these high-maintenance girls, uh, you know, because they're focused on their looks. I was focused on mine. Our energy is just like, you know, energy. like energy will always connect with like energy. I'm not saying anything bad about anyone else, but I'm just sharing on my experience, my story. Uh, but it was, I always felt, even at the largest size I was at, I still felt like a little guy in a big body. I always felt that way. I always said it. I was known as like the gentle giant uh, unless my friends grabbed me at the bar because that someone was going to fight them. They'd always come grab me because I was like the biggest guy there. Uh, but I always felt I was such a soft, I've always been a soft person. And I believe like yourself, when we chatted, you know, we're very, us being an empath, we're very sensitive 
So as children growing up, you're always very caring, soft souls that we're living here. Um, but that was the first time when I look back and it was because I've never been healed uh, in the ways emotionally that I needed the healings to, for my past. You know, that's where I always felt like this little boy that was inside of me because that little boy that was inside of me was so hurt. Um, there was so much pain and suffering from never feeling wanted. No matter all the drugs I injected into myself to look a certain way, I still felt that little guy that was inside of me that was still hurting, that never received the proper um, attention that I needed. Uh, so that was the unhealthy part of noticing, you know, and then throughout my transformation and growing with outside help, with therapy, I've always worked on myself since I was 17. Actually, the first time for four years, I stayed in it not to be like my dad. Uh, so until I was 21, 22, and then I always worked on myself with outside therapy, you know, and here I am almost 42, I'm still doing it, you know, working to be the best I can be. And it was through that process uh, of actually healing over time, healing that inner child uh, to live the, the joy and happiness that I live today, like you said, with the light and stuff, you know, now he's not suffering anymore because of all that work that I've done. Mm. So understanding years and lots of work has happened. Yeah. Does anything stand out as what has helped that little boy the most? Yeah, let's see. There, well, there's a few layers to that. And, you know, I don't want to go talk too much. Because <laughs> I can kind of go on when I do. Uh, the biggest thing actually that jumps out to me right now um, is the gifts that I've been given through uh, – they're actually what you call, I don't want to get too deep into the spiritualist stuff either, but uh, the beings that I work with are very high level light beings. And these beings are called the high council. And they actually give us permission on what we can do and what we're going to go through in our lives when we come here. So these are the beings that have taught me to help me grow um, in my process with what I do with the 25 minute healing sessions I do with people that connect with me is learning. Um, I get people in a meditative state. And like I said, everything that I do with other people are things that have been taught to me through high counsel for me to have this transformation as well. But the first thing that comes to my mind is forgiving other people and forgiving myself. That was, uh, and I just got goosebumps all over, so I know it's true. <laughs> um, but most definitely is being able to forgive myself through the things I did when I was younger uh, and all through my life, to be honest with you. And then also forgiving the other people that hurt me. And uh, the one thing I'll say that I do when I get people uh, in a 10 minute medita meditation state is connecting them. I'm able to connect, to help them connect to their inner being. And then I repeat these things to them. What I'll say now, because uh, I want to share this with people, is that they showed me as well through a dream. They brought me when I was sleeping to a dream to go through this process. And I remembered it when I woke up. And how we forgive ourselves, and I kind of briefly shared about it uh, just, you know, 10, 15 minutes ago, is I was told and I said to myself, I'm going to release uh, bad karma and be able to forgive myself for past lives and also this life um, because I did not have the tools or knowledge at that time to know what I was doing because I've learned from those experiences and I would not do them again, my soul has evolved 
And that is how I'm able to forgive myself is because today I have the tools and knowledge to know more. So I would not make those same mistakes again. Now that is how we forgive ourselves truly with, uh, when we start, when that realization kicks in and it really sinks in, you know, you can then be like, Oh, well this makes sense. Yeah. But I also apply that as well to other people, the people who have hurt me, they did not have the tools or knowledge to know more than what they did at that time. So they're on their path. They're on their journey while they're here as well. Now, if they look back, they would probably say the same things that I learned from that. And I wouldn't do that again. So this is how we forgive others as well. So I believe the full, when I was done about, I think this happened, uh, my full transformation as far as that, uh, that uh, was somewhere this past summer in like June. And uh, that is when I really felt the release of the hurt and pain completely because I've always worked on myself in my life. But that was like the nail in the coffin that ended uh, to give me the light that I have in my life of connecting with that inner, uh, with that inner child. And a part of your show that you had here today was um, Inner Child Broken Man. And you, we, we had said that that was going to be the name about a month ago. And it's come to me uh, since then. It really stuck with me to, to share is that we're never broken. We all, we, we were never broken people. Whatever people are going through today and suffering with, they're not broken. They are here to go as, as messed up as it sounds for people to not be able to comprehend with what I'm saying. They actually chose to come here to go through this um, experience, but to grow from it and evolve from it. Because the gift that they can't see today, when we leave here, the gift is, is it's such an amazing gift to have went through to have grown from, right? Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to share that as well. As far as that. And, and just to touch on the, the broken man aspect, you know, reviewing my notes, I saw that written down and I had erased broken. like, oh, I'm not going to say broken. Nobody's broken. So again, just, yeah, yeah hey. we're, we're very much in sync and I totally agree with that. And, you know, <laughs> part of, part of the, wow, part of the lie of, of, of feeling horrible and thinking that horribleness is, is you is me yeah. is that I think I'm broken. Right. When, when, when I wanted to die, I was sure that I was broken and flawed and couldn't be fixed. Yeah. And yeah. you know, um, and there was also something I, I didn't want to be like when you would, uh, when you were addicted, you're like, I don't know. These are fine. Why, why, I don't want to stop this. There's, there's no problem here. Um, yeah. it, it, we can become so enmeshed with our own self-identity being one of pain and trauma and misery and depression and anxiety that it's almost impossible to imagine that there's something else. Yeah. And, yes. and that's what it was for me. So yeah. So the perception of being broken drove me yeah. for many, many years, but yeah. wait a minute. No, no, no. We just, again, hadn't learned how to yeah. live my best life. Hadn't learned yes. that like yeah. everything it needs is actually here. I just haven't figured it out yet. I haven't, I'm like, how does this body work still? It, it's like yeah. learning to walk on a deeper level. Yeah. But you know, the beautiful thing about that too, even when you came to that realization is the only reason you came to it is because of where you're at today. And the same as me. It's, that's the only reason. So for others though, that are out there still suffering, they still see it as they're broken. They don't understand the difference yet because they haven't grown from it yet. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And you're talking about what, what people have done to you and it was, you know, the best they could. And I forget where this came from originally, but every shitty idea in the world 
was somebody's best idea at the time based on their current knowledge and circumstances yes. and understanding, right? So, yeah. Yeah. you know, wanting to die, attempting to end my life was the best thing I could come up with in that time. And I'm thrilled to discover that I was wrong. Yes. And, and what I find is you, I really know that I'm growing when I, when I, not just learn, when I really am aware and realize and can accept that I was wrong about something I was certain of before. And that's yeah. when I like, oh, now, now new doors open. Now I get it. Yes. You know, yeah. I, I used to, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying of you can be right or you can be happy. Yeah. And growing up, oh, I had to be right. And, you know, life sucked, then you die. I'm right about that. Don't try to convince me otherwise. And now I'm like, oh, wait, I could just be happy. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Screw being right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, and it's great that you pointed that out too as well. Uh, you know, I almost went through with it. Uh, I went through five months of severe depression actually this last summer. And uh, I was close to actually coming to that point where it was like, that. you know, I was 100% going to do it again. And again, the thing uh, for me that I learned through that uh, transition, it, it was the, that was the last as well. Because this past summer, I overcame three things. One being self-sabotaging. The next thing being anxiety I had all of my life. And the other one being depression I had all of my life. Within four or five months, um, I overcame all of them completely. And... The big thing about anxiety, uh, for people to understand how to overcome anxiety, and I actually, it was his name's Charlie Goldsmith. He has a, a show on TLC in the States. He's working with uh, doctors now and whatnot, but he's, his show is called the, the Healer. So he does, I don't think he's fully aware of how he does it, but he also has light that comes from him, and he's been healing people working with doctors now in the States. But he had a program on, and I and uh, uh, I did his program, and it, it was overcoming anxiety. And the best way that he explained it, and I just share the seed the way he did. Um, you know, when we go through, when we're children, and we go through, we, we're told not to cry, we're told not to be angry, you know, and we go through traumatic experiences. We don't know how to process our feelings. Having anxiety is actually a natural feeling to have, and it's not horrible. It's a warning for us. You know, when you hear the emotions and feelings of hearing a funny joke, we were never, typically, we were never told, hey, stop laughing at that funny joke. We go through the feelings and emotions that run through us. Um, you know, you hear the joke, you laugh at it, you find it funny, you feel the emotions go through your body, and it leaves us. The emotions leave us. Energy and motion. Um, anxiety, and, and this is a beautiful gift that I've been given, and I, I really do hope people try this because it does work. I, now today I honor anxiety. I appreciate it. I feel it coming. I'm like, okay, I feel it coming. And I know it's going to flow through my body the same way. It's just a warning. It's not letting your mind go off because that's how I had panic attacks most of my life. My mind would start going and race. Now I feel the emotions and feelings of the anxiety and I let it flow through me and I know it's going to be gone just like a funny joke. Honest to God, the first time I tried it, I was walking through Costco. I was like, okay, this first time uh, I'm feeling anxiety since stopping my meds. And I'm like, okay, it's going to come through me. I know it's a warning. I didn't even think about it again. It was until I walked to the till. I was like, holy shit. Oops, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> I was like, I got to the till and I was like, wow. <clears throat> I completely forgot. I almost had, I, uh, started having anxiety, right? That's how we overcome anxiety. Um, 
self-sabotaging my entire life, and this was taught to me through the high council, and this is how I help people as well uh, through my 25-minute session, is releasing, uh, that's what I already shared about actually, about forgiving ourselves, right? Releasing past lives, things that you have not forgiven yourself for, you carry on with you to the next life. And that's why I say past lives in this life. And I get people to repeat this for themselves as well, is having the realization of you've learned from these experiences. You do not need to suffer anymore because you would do things differently. So coming to that understanding, uh, the last phase for me was actually back probably in September. I think it was the beginning or mid-September. And I was very close um, because of losing uh, the love of my life, actually, and a roller coaster of meds um, throughout the year. Doctors changing me on stuff caused, uh, you know, a rocky relationship, which, uh, which I suffered from greatly and her too as well, going through, uh, you know, what it was with the emotions I went through. But what, again, the high council showed me is that when we go through phases in our life of anger or fear, you know, when you're uh, typically addicts as well, because the emotions they're not feeling, uh, they're using drugs, they become very fearful. When we, when our energy of our body gives off that energy and when being, when we leave here, if we're at a place when we leave here at the end of our life and we see a lot of shame in ourselves or anger towards other people, you do not feel worthy to leave and go back home or go to the light. Uh, so you stay here. The vibration then of who you are in your spiritual body, it will feed off of other living people here with the energy. So as soon as I, as soon as I started going through, uh, you know, with my addictions, the fears and anger and the sadness uh, that I was going through, it actually, what happens is these spirits will attach themselves to us because that's like energy attaching to like uh, energy. So I actually had 50 spirits um, that were attached to me. And what happens is when you're already going, when you're already someone uh, who's highly sensitive like we are and we're feeling depression, they gather to our energy and they bring us even deeper into that, uh, into that field of energy. And they keep us there because they're feeding off of it and they want it because that's where they're at. So because of the, because I can see spirits like I, like I can, I can actually, what the high council taught me is I bring those spirits in front of me. I call them in front of me. Um, and I get, I, I get them to forgive themselves. I do the same thing that I help people with here. I, I talk to the spirits that are in front of me and I, t I teach them to forgive themselves. Have you uh, the same spiel I give to a human? I do the same thing to them. They understand, they come to the realization, and I actually see them all go to the light, go leave through my ceiling. I can see them all leave. That release was life-changing for me the next day because I do not have any of those spirits attached to me bringing me down to that dark place where I have full control over my emotions today that I've never had my entire life. So that's how I overcame um, that as well, which I do in a 25-minute session with people. I remove them. Everyone I've done this for so far has been life-changing. Within 25 minutes of me just getting them to lay there, connecting with their inner spirit, and getting them to repeat what I say, and also for me to uh, call those spirits in front of me to forgive themselves, immediately the first thing people say is, I feel so much lighter. So I've removed the darkness from their life, and I brought the light in. So now they're feeling happier. They feel more clear-headed. Um, 
and then being able to forgive themselves for all the secrets that they have in their life and for what people, how people have hurt them. They're able to realize and have this new understanding to be able to forgive themselves and other people as well. And like I said, that's what transformed my life. That's what's changed me completely. Um, And now to have this beautiful gift to be able to do the same thing for whoever seeks it, because the person needs to want it and seek it. As much as I want to like go to everyone, let me heal you, let me heal you. You know, it doesn't work that way. You need the desire to reach out. And those people who had that desire to reach out for that change, every one of them so far, their life has changed for me. And uh, I'm very honored um, to have this a part of my life, to be able to heal people as I can, as far as that aspect of healing that I'm able to do. Um, Yeah, so I forgot what your question was. (laughs) But I felt that was very important to get out. And now I I know you do some sort of live healings on Facebook. So is that the same process you do one-on-one with people? Okay. No. Tell me what what are those like? What is that about? Uh, So I actually, you know, when I came back to my body, I connected with another friend uh, who has a connection to um, to spirits. And she said, you know, I went to a place, a a spiritualist church. I went there and she's like, I actually helped me grow uh, more with what I was able to do. And I said, okay, cool. Okay. I'll go there. Maybe I can meet some people and figure out what the hell is going on with me here. And, uh, I grew in the most beautiful ways. I went there for about a year and, uh, I grew to the connection to my inner self, uh, which just kept exploding from there. But we were actually taught there's a minister from the UK from the spiritualist church. He came over and he taught us how to connect with our healing guides because we all have different, whatever names people want to give them. I'm just using the term guide, Uh, but we have different guides with us that do different things. So he taught us how to start building a relationship with the guides that help us. So I actually learned it was, I, I've been very quick with my learning and growth because they, they know uh, the passion and drive I have for the work that I'm doing that they work very hard with me because anytime a person doesn't really care to, well, it takes a lot of their energy to even put in to be connecting with us. So they, you know, um, so I, I've grown, uh, in ways I don't even, I can't even explain yet, but, um, it was building the relationship with my healing guide. And <clears throat> I grew from that very fast and the light then started coming. I could feel the light coming out of my palm of my hands. And because I can see, I can actually see the light that comes from my hands around my room. Um, this is a, a, a healing light from where we come from on a very high frequency level of love and light. And when you connect to this level of love and light and it goes through us, it comes through us. It's actually because I can see as well with my eyes closed. Now with my eyes closed, I can actually see like a hologram and it's blue. So I could see a, like a pinhole will kind of open up on your palm and then it opens up to like the size of an eye. And that eye, the light comes out of like a people per se, um, and the light comes from our hands and then fingers as well. And you'll feel, some people will feel, um, who have this connection, they'll feel like balls on their hands. Uh, <laughs> sounded funny if it's uh, someone hearing audio. But anyways, I'm trying to be <laughs> good about it. Um, it's like a softball of energy. And uh, it's of light. So this light, what happens is, I do these healings and people watch me when I do them Monday nights. Um, right now I'm coming on and this is mountain time. I come on at uh, 
5.55 and I start 6 p.m. sharp. And this is a 15-minute uh, meditation. I play some frequency of sounds, music to help uh, connect with people so they feel more relaxed. So what happens is the light, I, I get myself in a meditative state. The light comes from my hands. I don't know how it works, but it connects with the people who are watching with me. Um, and the best way I can explain this for people, because this is uh, it's such a hard thing for people to ha have an understanding and even have a concept of trying to understand, you know, what it is I'm saying, because a lot of people are like, oh, that's BS, right? Um, when you were to go back 40 years ago and you told someone, I'm going to have a screen in my hand, no wires, no cords, I'm going to connect within seconds and see someone halfway around the world. They would call you absolutely nuts. You'd be locked up, getting zapped in the head with whatever the doctors want to do to you because it's completely crazy. But when we, we've been learning and growing and evolving in this world with frequency and energy is a thing that we've been growing into. When I connect with people or, or others who are able to do the same thing, um, the light that comes from us connects to the other spirit who is seeking it like a cell phone to a cell phone within instantly, within seconds. Just like seeing the video of me talking to you right now connected to nothing. It's instant, right? So I connect with these people. Now, it's always their intentions on what they want healed. If they're going through pain and suffering emotionally, a lot of people will feel at peace after watching and participating, and they'll feel warmth around their heart. Because I don't know much about chakras and stuff. as something I, I should learn about. But apparently your heart chakra. So they end up leaving the, the session with feeling so much peace in them. They're not in pain like they were. Um, I have video testimonies. I've healed people within five minutes of uh, physical issues. I've healed, uh, there's, and I have testimonies on my Facebook page. People have left testimonies. Um, like there's been an older lady where she had bad arthritis. After just a sh short session of watching me live, she was able to stand up with no arthritis. She went outside and mowed the lawn, something she hasn't done in years, you know. And then there's been a lot more uh, things of healings that have helped people with who couldn't walk before. Severe pain in their legs. They got up, the inflammation was gone instantly, uh, and they could walk flat on their feet again. So there's so much power um, to what it is I'm able to do. But that is how the healing sessions work. And I've healed people from even watching my replays, have been healed, leaving reviews over in Ireland. Uh, over in Australia, you know, there's people just from watching my replays and participating in my replays and how they work. I don't know, but I just know that they do work for the people who seek it. Cool. So, so what's the best way people can, can get in touch with you, learn more and, and, and track you down? Uh, well, uh, Facebook, Jeffrey Saunders, Edmonton, Alberta, if they type that in the search, or if you want to, and then that's my personal page, um, live the life you deserve. Coaching is my, business page for Facebook in the search bar, or if you type in at Coach Saunders, S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S 99, then my that page will open up as well. And then you can see my services that I do. But the healings are free. I do them, excuse me, I do them every Monday, uh, like I said at the time that I do them. And uh, I don't like charging people for my healing sessions. I, I don't, it's just personally, I don't charge people for it. But I do charge for my 25-minute sessions because I do throw in a little bit of life coaching to help them. And then I'd have my 10-minute session where I help them uh, remove all the darkness uh, from their life. So that I do charge 50 American. And, uh, and then my life coaching, of course, is my other, my other thing that I do. And uh, that I have great reviews. Again, if you look on the testimonies on my business page or on Facebook, 
Um, you know, those are $95 American for a 45 minute session. And then if they want, I also throw in a 10 minute healing session at the end to help them as well. And I've had great success. Uh, I've actually been growing pretty fast here now from word of mouth on uh, the power of just my 25 minute session or my one coaching, my one coaching session with the healing at the end to, to give them a new mindset and, um, and new perspectives to live a healthier life and a happier life. I, I've been very successful so far and very grateful um, and humbled for where I'm at today to be able to give back to people. Cool. Cool. That's amazing. Um, it's not, it's been 10 years since I first took my uh, in-depth life coaching program. It was an energy coaching program and, and learning that once you can zero down into the root cause of things, which is always energetic and you change yes. it there. Yeah. Results yeah. Can, can be instantaneous and things that seem like miracles and they can, they can be miracles, but you can, there. it's like, you know, the, the medical model and traditional therapy, you, you can talk about something for years and years and years and get kind of slow relief by sharing it. Or you can go right to the core, right to the source, deal with the energy, yeah. bring in more light yeah. and just, it, it's just amazing results. Yeah. Happen. So, yeah. um, yeah. So, so I know, um, I know of what you speak and I know of the benefits and yeah. So I, I, I wish you much success and greater testimonials and, and a bigger reach. Um, yes. You're uh, hmm, you're a fabulous open-hearted man, which there is not enough of. So I'm really glad you're out there. I'm really glad you're still here w- with us. Yes, um, me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad there are ways to benefit from your gifts without having to die and come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. No, I'm, uh, you know, like I said before, I feel bad. I feel really bad for the people who have passed on, you know, from the pain and suffering. So that's why I feel more of a responsibility and duty as well um, to be so open and transparent and honest in my life to give back, to help more people who are suffering, uh, to end the suffering before they end themselves. Cool. cool. Yep. So, uh, if you want to find, find, we'll have links at realmenfield.org in, in the blog post for this episode. Um, you can link directly to, I'll link directly to your Facebook pages and people can experience the kind of the group healing sessions and reach out to yeah. you and experience some of the one-on-one stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. why I'm here. So bring them on. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. And, and as you said, yeah, you, 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 you can't push someone towards you. Like it, it's no. got to be for you. You can, you can own, I find time and time again, all of us, we can only hope those who want to be helped. They have to be willing to be helped. And, yes. and you might have a loved one who's not there yet. And, yeah. and, and that's got to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. They need to hit their own rock bottom of whatever that means for them. Right. 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 Yeah. Cool. Yeah. There has to be a bit of humility and realizing. Yeah. Again, maybe that, maybe that it's that decision of, Oh, I can be right or I can be happy. And can I, can I accept that I've been wrong? And how I've been trying to live and how certain I've yeah. been about things. And am I willing to open yeah. up other possibilities? So, yeah. so here's to, uh, here's to, here's to better possibilities. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Cool. So thanks you again, Jeffrey. It's been uh, great talking to you. Uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch. Um, you're one of the many people that kind of begin as guests and end up as friends. And uh, yeah. so I'm honored to talk with you more and in depth and, and kind of share your experience and, and your story with, with a wider audience. Yeah, no, I definitely appreciate even you reaching out to me to ask me because, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's all about, like I started my podcast there a couple of weeks ago, which you're going to be a part of, I think in two weeks around. And, uh, it's just about getting her story out to connect, to help more people who are still suffering. 
So, you know, it's a beautiful thing with what you're doing. And I hope to get up to where you're at today because I've only done two podcasts now. <laughs> so, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun connecting with people, um, you know, to, to give back to the people who are suffering. So. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, thanks again, Jeffrey. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, do check out the links, check out his work, um, see how you might experience it and feel better about, about yourself, your life, your future. And wherever you're finding Real Men Feel, please give a share, a like, a recommendation, a review, whatever you can to kind of give back to us and and let other people know, share the energy of this program, share the energy of yourself. And through all of that, be good to yourself and forgive yourself. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Contact us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel.